0: Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive I don't know. Chipotle is always pretty
1: stingy with their chicken, Randy, and uh, they always charge me for double. So I guess I'm not as intimidating <laughs> as Chris Carlin. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, Series XM Channel 80, ESPN Plus, and on your smart speakers, Amber Wilson and Randy Scott. We've been filling in for the guys. Canty and Carlin is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. You can tweet to us at Amber W Sports at Randy Scott ESPN. You can also join the conversation. Give us a call. You guys have been quiet today, but you can give us a call. Don't be afraid. Triple eight. Say ESPN eight Seven two nine three seven seven six. Not quiet is the Kansas City Chiefs because they will be in preseason action tomorrow against the Chicago Bears. That will be a one p.m. Eastern kickoff in that game, and they will have their quarterback. The quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, that's right. They will have that guy for at least a portion of preseason game one for the Kansas City Chiefs. Here was Patrick Mahomes, the chief quarterback, addressing the fact that he's going to see action in this game.
2: It'll be good to get in there with the, uh, the new group of receivers that we have, uh, all the running backs, and uh, kind of show how we do it in the game, because obviously we're doing it here at practice, uh, but to show how we do it in the game before that first game against Arizona, who's a great opponent, uh, I think will be good for us.
1: The Browns tonight, we found out at 7 p.m. tonight when they take on the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Browns won't give us Jacoby Brissett because they're too scared, Randy Scott, but the Chiefs are going to give us Patrick Mahomes. What's (laughs) happening? Like, why aren't they just wrapping him in bubble wrap? And sitting him away, maybe even just don't have a, him leave his house. Like, just bubble wrap and just keep yeah. him there until the season starts.
3: You have, you have, uh, you have a, a child. How, how, old is your, how old is your child? Three? He's three. Three. Okay, so your son, when he was first able to sleep through the night, do you remember that feeling of elation but also groggy, sleep-deprived, oh, my God, what did we do last night and how do we duplicate it to make sure we do – it's like a no-hitter. You do everything the same way to try to make sure that you duplicate it so that they can sleep through the night again, right?
1: Yes, yeah, and spoiler alert, parents out there, new parents out there, it doesn't it doesn't always work. You do everything the right way, you stay on the schedule, <laughs> and at some point you're still having the sleep regression. I digress. Yeah.
3: Well, so what I'm saying is that the, the Chiefs won a Super Bowl with Patrick Mahomes. They do things the exact same way they always have. If it led to a Super Bowl season, if it led to the reps, if it led to the bonding and the familiarity with his wide receivers, they're going to do it that way. There's more of a reason to do it. Because for the first time in his six-year career, he doesn't have Tyreek Hill to open things up over the middle. What we're going to see from Tyreek Hill being gone is the impact that it has, and I would argue largely a negative one, not only on Mahomes, but on the mainstays who remain, and that's Travis Kelsey. When you have someone like Tyreek Hill creating such open space in the middle of the football field for a guy in Travis Kelsey who is otherworldly talented, yes, but also benefited from that space, and that's gone, I... I, (laughs) Mikal Hardman can be all kinds of fast. He's not Tyreek Hill. And now Micole Hardman is the most senior wide receiver. So you're throwing Mahomes out there to get some familiarity with some of the new pieces. I don't think he's gonna play the entire first quarter, like Andy Reid has suggested, but he is gonna be one of the rare franchise quarterbacks out there. And we didn't see Lamar Jackson play.
1: This offense runs through Travis Kelsey, like you said. And I know that the philosophy for many years for the Mahomes for this team led by Patrick Mahomes under Andy Reid has been, well, at some point I always play my starters for a portion of the preseason games, right? And so fine, I guess if it has worked in the past, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But I I do understand the concerns when it comes to that wide receiver room this season. And I think they're legitimate concerns, even with Patrick Mahomes at the helm, even with Travis Kelsey still there on this team and me admitting that the offense largely runs through him. Obviously you brought in what you could to try to shore up that Tyreek Hill left Void that hole left by Tyreek Hill, but Jujun Smith-Schuster, Valdez Scantling, a rookie, and Sky Moore. I know everyone's really high on him. I mean, who knows? You know, he might mm-hmm. end up being great. And you mentioned Mikael Hardman. I mean, those names sound good collectively, but none of those names are Tyreek Hill. And it's because of that speed that you mentioned. We're Tyreek Hill. We're talking about a dude who can he. he Multiple times with the Chiefs, multiple times, Randy, he hit over 20 miles per hour in the open field when you pull the speed metrics. It's unbelievable what he does in terms of speed. And you just really can't understate how important his presence was in terms of that burst and that burst off the line. Being able to go from 0 to 10, and that's not a car stat, like 0 to 10 as a human being faster than any other player in the NFL coming off of the line. It was remarkable watching the explosiveness of him and it made everybody around him better. And so now you're asking this wide receiver group who some of these wide receivers are unproven and certainly they're not familiar with this offense to collectively fill that void left by a player who I consider one of the most dynamic explosive players in the entire NFL.
3: We're going to see a changing of the guard this year in the AFC West. The Chiefs have won this division every year since 2016. Every year that Patrick Mahomes has been the starting quarterback, the Chiefs have won the division. It's been no fewer than 12 wins in the regular season. 12 and 4, 12 and 4, 14 and 2, 12 and 5. That is going to come back to the pack in a big way, largely because the pack itself has gotten better. There is not a single team in the AFC West outside of Kansas City that did not improve. I would argue drastically. The Raiders addressed an issue on on offense. They addressed an issue on defense bringing in Chandler Jones. The, mm-hmm. the 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 Chargers addressed their defense in a huge way in JC Jackson and Khalil Mack. And oh by the way, Denver finally has a quarterback. Denver had a lot of pieces missing some really good some even fundamentally sound quarterback play, and they bring in Russell Wilson. Kansas City is the only team in that division that got actively worse on both sides of the football, and it's not just Tyreek Hill; it's losing Tyron Matthew as well. Yes. We're going to see a changing of the guard. It has nothing to do, like nothing to do with whether or not Patrick Mahomes plays tonight. It's just a matter of the ex. The the, the, the it's not even an X's and O's thing. It's a uh, what Tony's and Joe's or whatever the saying. Is. Like the guys around Patrick Mahomes are not as good as they have been in his years as being a starter.
1: I tend to agree with you. I know that Harry Douglas and Keyshawn Johnson are trying to convince me that that they're not going to miss a beat without Tyreek Hill, that it's not that big of a deal because of who you have at the helm there with Patrick Mahomes and with Andy Reid. And I don't know what those guys know about receivers in the National Football League. You know, I'm here to tell you that according to Amber Wilson, uh, that (laughs) room did get worse. I just, I I have a hard time. Obviously, those guys know football and certainly know more about receivers than me. I just have a hard time buying into this idea that a receiver room by committee is going to be better than a receiver room with Tyreek Hill in it, right? And I understand, mm-hmm. like, behind Tyreek Hill, maybe it doesn't look as good as it now, although Nicole was there, but yes, maybe it doesn't look as good collectively outside of Tyreek, except for Yano. You know, Tyreek Hill was there and so like you said to me the Kansas City Chiefs are a team that actually took a step back in the offseason it makes sense they did I'm not saying they should have paid Tyreek Hill that contract they shouldn't have they couldn't have because they hit on Patrick Mahomes and Patrick Mahomes is such a generational quarterback that you had to pay him and that's what happens once you have to pay your quarterbacks coming off of a rookie contract is it does end up eventually costing you other future Hall of Famers in other areas potentially but the reality is that they're not as good as they were even last season. And even for a quote unquote down year for Mahomes, which a down year for Mahomes still had him throwing, you know, almost 5,000 yards (laughs) and 37 touchdowns, but maybe it won't even look like that now without Tyreek Hill at the helm. So we will see what happens there with the Kansas city chiefs. And in fact, We will see it tomorrow in preseason action when they take on the Chicago Bears because apparently they are going to give us some Patrick Mahomes. Coming up next, Baker Mayfield has the edge in the Panthers quarterback battle, but is he the long-term answer in Carolina? That is after Randy has this from FanDuel.
3: Amber, start the second half of the baseball season the right way and turn K's into cash and big hits into big wins with FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just sign up using promo code PLAY. Place your first bet, and FanDuel will give you up to $1,000 back in match bets if you don't win. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using promo code PLAY to get started with your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000.
4: 21 plus and present in Arizona, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Louisiana. Permitted parishes only. Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, West Virginia, or Wyoming. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as is non with free bets that expire 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Illinois. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT-STEP to 53342 888 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org chat in Connecticut. one 877 stop in Louisiana. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467 in New York, Tennessee redline in Tennessee in Wyoming or visit in West Virginia. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. playmaking splash shifted the tempo another great cocktail from the hypnotic team every season is hypnotic and tequila season hypnotic liqueur bardstown kentucky 17 percent alcohol by volume hypnotic reminds you to think wisely drink wisely
1: wilson and randy scott filling in for the guys here on canty and carlin you can give us a call triple eight say espn 888-729-3776 so chris canty who typically hosts this show. He instead was making an appearance on first take this week. And he said something that got me all fired up as a Dolphins fan it has inspired the next segment. So let's take a listen to what Chris Canty said about my Miami Dolphins and its quarterback into a Hell
0: no, he's not going to be the Dolphins long-term <laughs> starter and, and guys why we started say, with you. If you got to keep asking the question, If you got to keep asking the question, eventually you're going to land on the answer being no. If I thought Tua had the potential to develop into a top 10 to 12 quarterback in the NFL, then I would say, yeah, the Dolphins are going to continue to ride with him.
1: So Chris Canty doesn't believe in the long-term future of Tua, at least as the starting quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. And it got us thinking. What teams do have their answer long term into the future at that quarterback position? For that, we're going to play a little game that we like to call buy or sell and bring in our producer, Evan Wilner.
5: Yeah, and we already established, like Randy said, sell on Tua as the long term in Miami. You said basically hold. You made I up said your hold. Own. I didn't play you the made game up properly. Yep. I made yeah. up my own Changed rules. I tend to
1: do that. I went rogue. Yeah. Uh, I just am not. I'm committal. That, that is the lawyer has been kind of you. a theme in my life. It's so, a lawyer in me. You're not going to pigeonhole me into a corner. <laughs> All
5: right. So let's get started. The Panthers of quarterback competition, it's Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold, are either the long-term answer, or is it Matt Corral? Like, Is the Panthers' long-term answer at quarterback on their roster, buy or sell, Amber?
1: You know, I'm going to be crazy here and I'm going to say bye because I could actually see Baker being okay enough to maybe get to a point where Matt Corral ends up making an appearance in the future and gets to learn under him. It's all going to come down to whether Baker and Sam end up as backups somewhere in the National Football League next season but I could see Baker he's already at the reports out of training camp Randy or that he's already surprising people with how quick he's learning the playbook he's assimilating to an entirely new offense faster than Sam Darnold apparently is assimilating to an offense he's already been in so I guess maybe Baker could end up being some sort of solution for the time being and then the future ends up being turned over to Matt Corral. I'm just trying to make Panthers fans feel better because honestly, I feel like their coach is getting fired. The whole thing's getting blown up after the season.
3: That's it. That's it right there. The (laughs) answer is no. I am selling because Matt Rule is not going to be the one making this choice. You're going to get a new coach who's going to want a new player who's going to be given that leeway and bandwidth, bringing his own quarterback. It's it's not Sam Darnold. It's not Baker Mayfield. It's not Matt Corral. Matt Corral's fourth on the step chart right now. I feel like at, at this point of your first NFL training camp, you would be pushing for some measure of starters reps. He's nowhere close. I think I think one of either Baker Mayfield or Sam Donald gets dealt at some point, but it doesn't necessarily solidify the other as the long-term answer. So, no, there is not a long-term quarterback on this roster, and neither is there a long-term head coach.
5: The, our next team is actually playing right now. The, the Falcons are playing the Lions like right this second. I, I can't tell you as somebody who produced mornings. The last time I produced the show and there was a live football game on. So the Falcons are our next team. They're down 7 nothing. Falcons, buy or sell? Long-term answer at quarterback on the roster, Randy.
3: Sell. It is not Marcus Mariota. It is not Desmond Ritter. And it is not Felipe Franks. To be fair, to judge any of them by this season is unfair. It's unfair at best. It's cruel at worst. You lose Calvin Ridley for the whole season because of a $1,500, what, online, what, DraftKings bet? Some 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 online sports bet that he got caught for. So this is these are the offensive weapons. Cordero Patterson at running back. Drake London at a USC is your starting wide receiver, the rookie. And Brian Edwards is the other. And Olamide is a Caius, Zacchaeus. Is a Cai- I don't, listen, I, I'll raise my hand and say I don't know how to pronounce it, but there's a reason I don't. It's not a household name. These are the weapons. Kyle Pitts may be a future Hall of Fame tight end. He can only do so much. Mariota, Ritter, Felipe Franks, no. The long-term answer at quarterback for the Falcons is playing college football somewhere.
1: Uh, Even if, even if, uh, well, I guess I'll say this. Desmond Ritter is the only one of those three that I could see maybe has a shot at being the future, right? Because even if Marcus Mariota does anything this season, there's no way if you're the Falcons, you could trust Marcus Mariota to stay healthy. Right, I mean, Marcus Mariota is brought into this position to be a stopgap and because he has a relationship from the Titans with the head coach. And Marcus Mariota's entire career has been plagued by injuries. So I don't think he could be the long-term solution for anybody at starting quarterback moving forward, frankly. He would have to show not only progress in terms of his play, but also durability. I'm out on Felipe Franks. I saw it. I'm a Gator. I'm out on Felipe Franks. I don't even need to go there. Desmond Ritter, I don't know. I think maybe he potentially has promise. We're not going to get to see the fruits of that labor, though, this season because this is going to be a bad Falcons team, to Randy's point. So I, I guess I will sell the entire room, but if I had to buy on somebody, it would be Ritter. Yeah. About-
3: oh. Go ahead, go ahead, Evan. I, Mariota is a stopgap. I hope he uses the Falcons exactly as he's being used. I hope, I hope he uses it as a showcase and gets another contract after this, but he's not the long-term answer.
5: Clearly, Amber and Randy have better chemistry than Randy and I. Titans. <laughs> Long-term answer at quarterback, is it Malik Willis? Is it Ryan Tannehill? Uh, Amber, buy or sell, the Titans have their long-term answer at quarterback.
1: Uh, I'm going to sell on this for the Tennessee Titans. I spent uh, many years in Miami watching the Ryan Tannehill experience. (laughs) It looked wildly different his first couple years in Tennessee. It was very confusing to all of us down in Miami because for seven years we were asking ourselves, is Ryan Tannehill any good? And what we know about Ryan Tannehill, even coming off of this last season in Tennessee where it didn't look nearly as good when everybody around him was injured, is Ryan Tannehill is good when he's got a phenomenal team around him and help in the backfield Randy. Otherwise, he's not that great I mean he's a game managing type of quarterback right so he's not going to be the long-term solution there because you have to have so many good pieces around Ryan Tannehill he has already had a heck of an NFL career frankly as a starting quarterback in the National Football League he really has but he's not going to elevate the people around him to that next level and that's what you need when you're talking about future of the franchise I Ryan Tannehill his contract becomes much easier after this season, to get rid of, and so I think that that's in fact what ends up happening here.
3: I'm, this is gonna, this is going to be my first buy. It's not it's not Ryan Tannehill. It's Malik Willis. I think I think he shows You're sold after last night. I think they. I, I think he shows them enough. He has enough of an interest. It's almost like a good thing that Mike Vrabel was disappointed. What you don't want in that situation is apathy from your head coach. And he dived he dove in, pulled him mid series, and said, "I want to see you throw the football." you're given ch- you're being given chances to get these live action reps i want to see you push the ball downfield and that showed me a level of investment in this guy that i don't know that you're going to see from other teams with you know Felipe Franks like we talked about with the Falcons so i'm going to say it's Malik Willis i'm going to say he shows them enough to where they invest around him in next year's draft and maybe a maybe a maybe an 8 win team maybe a team that goes 8 and 9 this season where Willis ends up starting 11 of these games maybe they become a 10 11 win season next year
1: it had to have been annoying last night as a Titans fan, right? Like Because you want to see Malik yeah. stay out there. He was showing you some exciting stuff with his feet. You don't want the head coach pulling him, right. telling him to throw the foot. Even if that's a better route to go, because you're right, that was probably the way to inspire your young quarterback. But I don't know if that's what you want to see as a fan, because you're probably enjoying that moment of seeing the potential future of your team. Do we have time for one more One here, more.
5: Texans, Davis Webb, is he the or Davis Mills, is he the long-term answer quarterback? Buy or sell, Randy?
3: So, Davis Mills is not a long-term quarterback. I think he's a great story. I think he's tougher than people give him credit for. I really do. I think he's a continuation. We've seen some Stanford quarterbacks in recent years where it's like, wait a minute, this guy's not not awful? Like Kevin Hogan? (laughs) This guy's not terrible. Yeah, Kevin Hogan. Like, Kevin, this guy's not awful Hogan. Like, that's sort of what we've seen. Everybody short of Andrew Luck coming out of Stanford playing that position is smarter than all heck and can push the ball down the field and take calculated risks, and we've seen that from Davis Mills. He doesn't have a huge complement of offensive talent around him he has the neck of uh you know uh, children's toy uh, d- d- defunct i'm trying to make a jeffrey the
1: giraffe
3: oh, <laughs> like, R- where are you going with yeah. this what
1: children's story he's, he's got a long neck it's, it's got a lot
3: like that's what he's going to be known for he's going to be known for his physical attributes and not the fact that he was a successful starting quarterback so no i'm selling
1: he has exceeded expectations, Davis Mills, with the Texans. But the problem is that if you're the actual starting quarterback and you're the future of that franchise, the expectations become increasingly heightened. And I don't think he's going to be able to meet those expectations. It's been a fun story so far. He's, bad on, a, he's on a bad Texans team, and it's one thing when you're going out there when no one's expecting you to win, and you put up some wins that are surprising, it's a whole other thing mm-hmm. when they're actually expecting you to be the answer for a team in the long term. Coming up next, the 49ers believe that they have their their long-term answer at quarterback in Trey Lance. So are we going to see his preseason debut tonight? What are we going to get out of it? That's next. This is ESPN radio.
4: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why it's simple. Jets is better with the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country. There's no competition right now. Get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code eight save. That's the number eight. S A V E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S A V E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
3: Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half.
1: There is more preseason action tonight. The NFL is here. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Randy Scott filling in for the guys. You can follow us on Twitter at Amber W Sports. That's me at Randy Scott ESPN. That's him. The Packers take on the 49ers. That game will kick off at 8.30 p.m. Eastern in just about two hours from now. So let's bring in some help for the 49ers conversation. For that, we bring in Matt Mayoko. He is the 49ers reporter, NBC Sports Bay Area. And Matt... Obviously, this is now the Trey Lance era in San Francisco. They're moving forward away from Jimmy Garoppolo. We only saw Trey Lance for a couple starts last season. I mean, we frankly have a small sample size, even stemming back to college. What do you expect to see from Trey Lance tonight based on what you've seen so far in training camp?
2: Yeah, uh, thanks for having me, Amber and Randy. But Yeah, no, I think with Trey Lance, it's... He's the guy. There's no question that he's the guy. And so I think Kyle Shanahan kind of has to walk this line of you want to give him some confidence, you know, some easy throws, maybe even do a little bit of game planning, something that you wouldn't ordinarily do in the preseason just to get that confidence going Um, or just hold it all back to the start of the regular season. They open September 11th against the Chicago bears And so I think they want some of the stuff they're doing to be kind of kept in the back pocket. But you know, what we see from Trey Lance on the practice field is a guy who can make a big time plays with his arm. He can make plays with his legs. Now he just has to kind of hone in and make the routine play look routine. And so more than anything, that's probably what the 49ers want him to do tonight for a couple series when he plays is just get in there and make the routine play keep the chains moving a little bit, and maybe unleash all the dynamic elements that he brings to the offense. Hold on that until the regular season starts.
3: It's always interesting to me, Matt, when you try to roll someone out who is so raw and who has such a small sample mm-hmm. size like like Trey Lance does because you're doing so in a preseason environment where you don't even know if he's going against starters. You don't even know if he's going to be playing with starters. So I guess my, my, my question is who else is going to be running alongside Trey Lance because if you are Kyle Shanahan you want to have the most accurate uh evaluation of your guy as possible what other starters could we see play tonight alongside Trey Lance
2: Yeah I'm you know, I don't know that either the the starting offensive tackles will play Trent Williams and Mike McGlinchey so that kind of right there you know, you don't want to send your guy out there in a situation where it's not controlled and put him under any risk of getting injured you know, Kyle Shanahan said this last week that he finds far more usage from or the maybe relevancy from the joint practices. And so after this game this evening against the Packers, they travel to Minnesota early next week and they have two joint practices against the Vikings. And so that's that's a, a time when I think they can really work on some things with with the uh in those practices because that tape isn't shared around the league. And then he's not even gonna play in that preseason game uh, w- w- uh, on August 20th against the Vikings. So that's that's probably the the number one priority is just make sure you don't put him in a situation where you run the risk of any injury because of the supporting cast.
1: Matt Mayoko, 49ers reporter for NBC Sports Bay Area, joining us here on Canteen, Carlin Amber Wilson and Randy Scott filling in for the guys So, Matt, we focus a lot on the changing of the guard at that quarterback position. There are some other losses, though, from this team. They lost a guard in Lincoln Tomlinson. Uh, Matt might matter a bit this season, but also their offensive coordinator in Mike McDaniel, who is now the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. He's credited often with the sort of trickery and the usage of Debo Samuel and a lot of the stuff that was successful there with the 49ers. Do you think his departure has been any sort of notable, noticeable shift here? Or does it not matter because Kyle Shanahan is still there at the helm?
2: Yeah, I mean it, it, it matters because Mike McDaniel is really a, uh, a forward-thinking, creative guy, I and mean, he's—I I don't want to use this term uh, too loosely—but he is kind of a genius when it comes to just his his recall. You know, he's been with Mike uh, with Kyle Shanahan so long. Uh, in fact he was with Mike Shanahan too, but he's been with Kyle Shanahan so long that they know how each other thinks. And so to lose you know his top lieutenant like that, it's gonna take some adjustment. And they have two coordinators, they have Chris Furster as a run game coordinator, and Bobby Slowick as the passing game coordinator, but they don't have an offensive coordinator per se, and that is Kyle Shanahan because it's his baby. He runs it. But certainly it's going to take some time, I think, in, once the regular season starts to kind of get into that rhythm of game planning and how to change information and how to use some of the ideas that the different coaches come up with on a game plan to game plan basis. But I don't think there's any question that uh, the Fred Aaron's will feel the impact of – Losing Mike McDaniel, the only thing that they are trying to avoid is to make sure that the people on the outside and the results on game days don't show that as well.
3: Matt, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is still on the roster, although that does feel like a tenuous roster spot right now for a guy very much on the trade market and has been for some time. He's fourth on the depth chart. What scenario, though, is there where he's on the roster in week one of the regular season?
2: I, d- I don't think there is a scenario. I I don't think that uh, there's any plan whatsoever to keep him on the team. He, as you mentioned, he's still on the 90 man roster. Mm -hmm. He's been cleared to practice, but he hasn't practiced. He doesn't have a playbook. He doesn't go to meetings. I can't imagine that he would be at this game tonight. And it's a matter of where he's going to end up for week one of the regular season and how he gets there. So you know keep an eye on the Cleveland Browns you know keep an eye on the Seattle Seahawks, potentially the Miami Dolphins and maybe the Houston Texans you know maybe the New York Giants at this point uh, with his representation being given permission to seek a trade for four months, I think this happened back in in March, they're able to keep the lines of communications open with other teams, and now that he's healthy, you know and we're getting close to the regular season, so teams know that if they want Garoppolo, they don't necessarily have to pay for him as far as compensation going to the 49ers. They just have to wait until he becomes available. When the 49ers make him available, it's totally up to them. It could be April 30th or I'm sorry, August 30th when teams have to cut down to 53 man rosters. Um, If a team wants him, they could trade for him, but there's so many moving parts because I don't think there's a team out there that's going to pay him his scheduled salary of $24.2 million for this season. So they'd have to work out a contract that works for both sides. In other words, I think Jimmy Garoppolo at this stage can really determine where he goes among the teams that want him. But the timing of it is totally, with the 49ers, the ones in control of that.
1: Yeah, there's not a ton of teams right now that have been very active in the Jimmy Garoppolo market. Part of that is where we are at Mm -hmm. in the calendar year. Matt Mayoko, 49ers beat reporter for NBC Sports Bay Area. Matt, thanks so much for joining us.
2: All right, Amber, Randy, always my pleasure. Thank you.
1: Coming up next here on Canteen Carlin, Deshaun Watson has finally shown remorse. We'll tell you what he said next. This is ESPN Radio. Listening to Canty and Carlin, Amber Wilson and Randy Scott, we've been filling in for the guys having a lot of fun today and Randy and I this is our first time working together and so we've been getting to know one another during the breaks and Randy is located up near Bristol, Connecticut, which of course is where ESPN HQ is located. I am down in Florida and what we discovered through our conversations is this kind of interesting thing where we were both coffee lovers, huge advocates. Our st- we have far too many stars both of us on the Starbucks app. <laughs> but he prefers his coffee cold and I prefer my coffee hot. He drinks his coffee cold year round, which I find to be really questionable behavior when you're in a place like Connecticut. It is so cold in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how I practically need hot coffee in the summer in Connecticut, nevertheless, in the winter. It sounds like torture to me to drink cold coffee while it's cold outside but then also it probably sounds like torture to people that i drink hot coffee down here in august when it's 100 degrees outside.
0: Yeah,
3: okay, we we expanded the coffee discussion into like would you rather get into a scalding hot car or would you rather get into a freezing cold car? Which and is so saying,
1: easy for me cuz scalding cold. hot any day of the week.
3: See, there's a right side of history and then there's amber side of history. Here's the thing about here's the thing about the cold coffee. My it, it suits my life. Like i have a one hour and forty five minute commute to work every day, right? I live up outside Boston drive you down to Bristol you really don't
1: like Bristol. <laughs>
3: drive down to bristol it's It's a whole story there's a whole story behind it, but i i that's my that's my commute so at work, I will get the show done. you know, get here at four a m do sports center a m write the write the show, mark up the highlights, get that then at about six o'clock when the Starbucks opens over on Queen Street where I can go in Southington, go get my my stars on the app right. I'll go get the biggest cold brew they have because it's low acidity, high caffeine. And if it's cold, I don't have to reheat it throughout the morning because I'm not going to slug 30 ounces of coffee. I'm going to sip it throughout the show, throughout the morning, throughout the drive home so that I can get home in one piece and I won't have had to reheat this thing over and over. Cold coffee stays cold. Hot coffee you have to reheat.
1: I did not consider that portion of things, but uh, I do. You're a very fancy sports center anchor, so like, don't they have people who bring you coffee? I feel like they should. Uh, I, I so I think that you could have somebody bring you hot coffee while you're on set. Frankly, to always keep the coffee in your hand hot. I still, I'm just one. I like the warmth. I like the comfort of it. I've gotten into shaking espressos lately because it is August in Florida and 100% humidity outside. So <laughs> I do dabble in cold coffee, mm-hmm. but typically hot coffee is where it's at, hot tea, hot anything. Hot I'll lay tea. on a heating pad in August. Oh. I laid on a heating pad last night. What? It's August here, baby. Yes. You're too you know what? A- I will put it under my seat warmers in my car in Florida on the reg because I just like the comfort oh, of a God. little warmth around my body. Oh, we're coming down the stretch here on K&T and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Randy Scott, we've been filling in for the guys today. You can follow him on Twitter. He needs your follows. Hit him up. Randy Scott, ESPN. You can follow me as well. I probably need yours a lot more than Randy does. Amber W Sports. You can check us out. It's been a lot of fun today. We've had a lot of NFL talk because NFL is actually an action. Like quite literally In action right now, in fact, we have Falcons and Lions playing right now. We've got Browns and Jags uh, kicking off. In about 30 minutes, Jets, not even 30 minutes, less than 30 minutes, about 15 minutes, Jets, Eagles as well, Packers, 49ers, and Cardinals, Bengals. That is all tonight in preseason NFL action. Tune into an AL East rivalry Sunday as the Red Sox host the Yankees. Coverage of Sunday night baseball begins at 6 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app and at 7 p.m on ESPN. We want to thank everybody who helped us with today's show. Tim Hasselback stopped by, help us with the NFL conversation as did Chris Carlin. He is typically the host of this show. Tony Rizzo stopped by and Matt Mayoko. So now it is time, Randy, for us to get to the three stories that didn't make the rundown. It is time for us to go three and out.
0: Sometimes it's the worst. worst. Sometimes it's the Best. we'll get you straight with everything you need to know this is three and out
1: this is three and out here on canty and carlin and the deshaun watson story is the story that never ends and not just because of the pending appeal, which we are not getting an answer on today. Apparently, there was a lot of conjecture that maybe we'd have an answer on Peter C. Harvey's decision as it comes to the NFL appealing the Deshaun Watson suspension. Dan Graziano had tweeted out, it ain't coming today. I think we've probably all figured it out by almost 7 p.m. Eastern by now. Maybe he's allowing some time for the parties, further time, for them to negotiate a settlement agreement, but that all remains to be seen. There was another development, though, from Deshaun Watson himself. He showed some remorse for the decision that led him to the point of possibly being banished for the NFL for a a significant period of time. Some people would say he finally showed some remorse. Here's the direct quote from Deshaun Watson. Look, I want to say that I'm truly sorry to all the women that I have impacted in this situation. Watson told this to the Browns countdown pregame show on News 5 in Cleveland before the Jags game last night. He said, the the, before the Jags game tonight the decisions that I made in my life that put me in this position I would definitely like to have back but I want to continue to move forward and grow and learn and show that I am a true person of character and I am going to keep pushing forward Randy what's your reaction to Deshaun Watson showing some remorse
3: this is the first time he's done it uh his team has done it on his behalf you remember the Browns statement that they issued after Sue Robinson's initial suspension decision where they called him remorseful, which was in stark contrast to how he has represented himself through this. Uh, he has not expressed remorse. And a matter of fact, it was Sue Robinson herself who, who cited the lack of remorse on Watson's behalf. Lack the, the quote is, lack of expressed remorse as a factor in her decision. Watson is opportunistically remorseful right now. It is a time-sensitive thing. It is an opportunistic thing. I'm not saying it isn't genuine. I'm just saying the timing of it, the fact that it's coming this late in this process reeks to me. It absolutely reeks.
1: I have a bit of a different take on this than I think most people probably have, and and that's the lawyer in me speaking, where Mm -hmm. I recognize, of course, the heinousness of the allegations against him, the dozens of women who have come forward with these allegations against Deshaun Watson, not to minimize any of that. But I do think that people are expecting Deshaun Watson to be remorseful and admit to what he did while he is simultaneously defending himself against pending actions, Randy. And he's defending himself at every turn. He has always maintained his innocence in these things. And he is, of course has a pending action, one remaining against him in civil court right now. He can't simultaneously come out with the true remorseful apology that I think that the public wants from him, where he takes some onus and ownership of what he did, because that would be admitting to these things he did. And then all of a sudden the story changes dramatically with all these lawsuits. And by the way, There was a criminal component of this as well, and could that ever come up again if he was to admit to things? So I do kind of think this idea that people have that he should go out there, and it's it's hard to show genuine remorse, in other words, when you're defending yourself, and you do have the opportunity. We all have the opportunity to defend ourselves, whether Mm -hmm. it's against civil action or whether it's against criminal culpability as well, and so— I imagine that his lawyers this whole time have been advising him against it. And so it's this lawyer in me that is thinking like he can't go out there and say too much because there's pending actions against him. And yet I, I recognize what it looks like in the court of public opinion that he has failed to do that thus far.
3: I agree. He, can't, he has to present the strongest case possible and showing remorse is an admission of guilt. So no, I, I, it's such a fine line, but the timing of it is, is the issue. Yeah, and
1: right, the timing of it now certainly doesn't help matters in the court of public opinion. We know how these things work. Uh, Russell Wilson, he says that he wants to play another 10 to 12 years. He said that it's the best he has felt in a long time. Here's Russell Wilson.
4: Now, I've played 10 years going on my 11th year. You know, I got another whole 10 to 12 more years I'll hopefully left to play.
2: I feel amazing. I feel the best I've ever felt. I feel strong. I feel fast. I feel confident. Uh, no fear. You know, I feel I feel like a winner.
1: I'm ter- I'm terrible at math, but that's something like 23 years. He wants to play. I guess Tom Brady's done it. Why not? I, why
3: not? D- count your money. Be able to walk in retirement. Walk without a limp. Walk without back pain. Not have to put your seat heaters on if you live in Florida in the summer. Like, come on. Come on.
1: Or maybe he'll just follow Tom Brady's lead and he'll just end up in oh, Florida but man. still playing in his 40s, right? You don't have to retire here. Apparently you can just come down here and, right. and still win some Super Bowls and and still live large down here.